Hello, sports fans. How you doing? This is Dan Cryer speaking. I'm here at Michigan State University for Impact Sports here at Impact 89 FM. I'm uh, very excited to be speaking with you today. Uh, today's August 15, 2014, and um, the most exciting thing in the world right now to me is the upcoming football season. As many people know, uh, last year was the inaugural uh, season for the show that uh, I did with Ryan Smith called Walk the Line here at Michigan State. And um, on that show, what we did was we would break down the uh, point spread, the, the betting line point spreads for each of the football games for NFL and college, the best games of the week, and then we'd make our predictions. And so, um, you know, it's been tough to keep up with that show over the course of baseball season because the baseball lines come out on a daily basis and they always change, uh, you know, from day to day because the pitchers are different. So, uh, you know, since basketball season ended, it's given me some time to think about the upcoming football season and to think about uh, the show. And, uh, you know, I've heard some criticisms from different places. And so really what I wanted to do today was come in here and uh, do a podcast, uh, play devil's advocate against myself and uh, just lay down my uh, six main points uh, to defend uh, why it's interesting to talk about point spreads in sports and why it's not a, a terribly bad thing to do, why it's not a negative thing. So my first point, you know, I just want to do a little introduction here. I'm, I'm very excited for the new football season. Michigan State uh, plays their first game two weeks from today on August 29th here at home against Jacksonville State. Uh, that That's the week where there's going to be some games on Thursday the 28th, and then there's a big game I know that uh, Wisconsin will play um, against uh, LSU and Texas and the Houston, where the Houston Texas plays at Energy Field. So there's a lot to look forward to. But um, like I said, I'm here to play both sides of the argument, uh, defend why the topic of the radio show Walk the Line is a positive thing and a fun thing, and to explain that uh, you know spreads and lines are just part of sports and really shouldn't be looked down upon. And like I said, I've heard some different criticisms from different places, um, you know, and just there's a negative, you know, a pejorative mindset about sports gambling and sports betting and point spreads that go along with it. And I understand um, some of the criticisms. So I just want to bring up uh, some of those points and, and get into, like I said, uh, why it's not a bad thing. So back in March 10th, 1986, Sports Illustrated had a cover story and the cover said gambling. America's national pastime with a question mark. And uh, it was written, uh, there were three main articles, and the main article was very long. It was written by um, Armin Katayan, who's uh, well-known in the world of sports for CBS Sports. It was called The Biggest Game in Town, and it really was kind of just a knock on sports gambling. And like I'm going to be telling you, there are some negative things about when you bet and lose and go into debt and there's gambling addiction. There's some negative things. But at the time in 1986, really, and even today still, there's a majority of the money that comes in in America and worldwide. Uh, a majority is illegal gambling because you can only bet legally for money in the United States in the state of Nevada. So you go to Reno, you go to Laughlin, or you go to uh, Las Vegas, obviously. But in the Armitayan story, you know, he talked about all the different things and he was kind of talking about, um, you know, how it's akin to like a drug addiction or prostitution. So there there are definitely some negative things in the past where people had to go through different avenues to secretly place bets. And um, the world's a different place here in 2014. And I'm going to get to that uh, uh, shortly as to uh, why now you can follow the sports betting lines and the spreads and, um, you know, have fun with it with uh, betting apps that don't use money, uh, that they're free to download and you can, um, you know, bet points and follow the games that way. So 
In that uh, issue of Sports Illustrated, there was also an article about Gamblers Anonymous where people discussed how, you know, it was never enough. And I understand that. Like anything can be addictive. Uh, anything that involves a risk, which I will talk about shortly, it can be addictive. There's a, there's something, you know, winning is a big thing. It's a it's a high, as they would say. And so people can, uh, you know, get really you know, fixated on gambling, on winning and wanting to win back, especially when you go into debt, you want to win back what you lost. And that's really where the problems can begin. There was also another article on why sports betting is good. And like I said, we're going to be talking about risks. So just to, to, to conclude my introduction here, uh, I'm, I'm here to kind of explain the yin and the yang of everything. Like I said, there's a dark side to losing money, and there's no doubt about that. But there is an upside to being right. And um, I'm going to talk about that again, too. It's that really with being, you know, predicting sports is about being right. You want to get that self-esteem boost. And yes, the money goes along with it if you choose to be in Las Vegas or whatever you want to do and, and bet money. But really, it's about being right. And when I go on the radio, I'm not trying to influence anybody to bet one certain way or another because I'm wrong a lot. And so I'm just here to have fun. That's my whole thing. This is a very rewarding, fun thing for me to discuss. And, um, you know, it's a very important aspect of sports. So uh, just to get the, the last thing uh, to explain to people, the betting lines for every sporting event are set by a company in Las Vegas called Las Vegas Sports Consultants or LVSC. And so it just kind of, they cast the betting lines out to the public. And then what happens is uh, people start placing bets on the games and then whatever algorithm they use, the 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 idea is, let's say a, a one team, you know, just for example, let's say the Bears are playing the Packers and the Bears are favored initially uh, by three points. Well, maybe the betting public gets at it and says, look, this player is playing well for the Packers. This player is playing well. So a lot of money goes on the Packers. The idea for the betting line as they slide, is to keep money even so it's 50-50. Because what the casinos want is for the monies to cancel each other out because there's a 10%, um, you know, they call it the VIG or the juice uh, that you pay, uh, you know, as as a fee. And you lose that if you lose the bet, but you win it back if you win. So really, the betting lines are a reflection of the public at large putting money down on each side. And what it does is it shifts the lines to where they end up uh, right before kickoff or for the you know first pitch or tip-off for basketball. And it's reflection because, uh, like, say you play poker. Well, you can bluff and you can act like you have something, but you really don't have to show your cards until you place a bet and somebody calls your bluff or calls you, you know, calls your bet. And then, but in sports betting, once a bet is placed, it's a contract. You're, you're betting the line at that moment. So if the betting spread says Chicago minus three and a half and you put $22 to win 20, then you're stuck with that. So if the Bears win by four, you win the bet. If the Bears don't win by three or they lose the game, you lose the bet. So what it's really doing, it's a reflection of people giving their honest opinion as to who they think is going to win. And then that's why it's so correct and so accurate. So now... This leads me into my number one point, which is it's a statistical breakdown. I'm not here to talk about bets, okay? When people go and into a uh, decision, when people make a decision about who is going to win a sports bet, they are going through many different statistical analyses uh, to make their prediction. So it's a predictive analysis is one way to look at it. So let's use Major League Baseball, for instance. So that's what's happening today. Today is the 15th of August. There's a game. Uh, you could you could use uh, the Tigers game for tonight. Uh, the, the spread is, uh, it's not a spread because it's baseball. You, you bet the team, so they adjust the odds to win or lose. So Detroit is minus 132 as favorites. So that would mean 
Betting $13.20 wins $10. Betting $132 wins $100. So the Tigers are favored. They're at home. They're 32 and 27 at home. They're facing the Seattle Mariners, who are 65 and 55, 31 and 23 away from home. Okay, Seattle is plus 122, which means they're underdogs. So if you bet $100, you win 122 back, which would pay out for 222. You bet $10, you win $12.20, and on that ratio, you know that would pay 22.20. And so you you know you got to start looking at all these factors. Okay, a man named Paxton, who I don't know, he's 2 and 0 with a 2.38 ERA, is facing Rick Porcello. Porcello is 13 and 7 with a 3.11 ERA. Okay, so now you see what you're doing. You go in and then you look at the box score you, of the previous games. You look at Porcello's stats. You say how how have these pitchers looked in their last uh, starts? How has Porcello been at home? How has this guy Paxton been on the road? How are how are the teams trending now? Everybody who's a Detroit fan uh, recently will know the Tigers went through a rough spell there, but then they won two games in a row against Pittsburgh. Okay, Seattle just had uh, some wins and losses, and I don't I don't know, so I have to like analyze that. But you look at that. You consider where the game's being played today. It's Seattle, a West Coast team playing here in uh, Michigan. So they had to go east. It's a different time zone. You consider if the bullpen's rested. You consider the bullpen in general. The Detroit Tigers' bullpen hasn't been doing great. Consider if the team traveled, like I said. Consider if there's a hitter who's hot. You know, So really, and for football and basketball, you take all sorts of different things into consideration. It could be the weather. It could be uh, you know, lots of different things. The players, how they played in the past. And so really what you're doing is you're taking all the statistics in your mind, and especially for football, you're guessing in your mind what the final score will be. Because not only are you going to make a pick based on the point spread, there's something called an over-under which comes out. So say for, uh, like I said, Bears and Packers, say it was be uh, 42 points. So if the final score was 28-14, that would push. But really, in your mind, you're saying, well, I think the Bears are going to win uh, 31-27, cover that 3.5 uh, points, and the game's going to go over. The over-under is great because it doesn't have to do with anything uh, uh, the two teams, one or the other, winning. It's a combined total. So if you think two defensive teams are going to square off, and the betting lines will reflect this because the over-under will be lower. It'll maybe be 29.5 or something. You say, well, it's, these teams are great at defense. I'm going to pick the under. So that's the fun of it because you're, you're imagining in your mind what are you going to, what's going to happen? And I'm, I'm, you say to yourself, I know the stats. I know the team. I know sports. I want to show everybody I'm right. I want to show myself that I'm right. And that's the big deal here because that's my biggest point, to be honest. It's that it's not really about the money. It's about being right. And I, I mean that from my heart. I have, I have placed many fake bets on this betting app that I'm going to talk about here. And it, it doesn't matter if it's real or fake. If I lose a pick, I feel a lower self-esteem. And I think that's cool. I'm going to talk about risk in a little bit because there's a risk. I'm putting myself out there. I talk about it with my friends, with my best friend, Ryan Smith. Uh, we talk about uh, betting lines on a daily basis because it's just fun. People like to talk sports. People always can predict. And it's easier to predict who's just going to win. But with football, we like to say, this team's going to win by this many points. This team's going to score this many points. It's really fun. And so the thing is, the Armageddon uh, 1986 Sports Illustrated article, which, by the way, can be found on si.com uh, slash vault. You can look up uh, the date. Uh, you can say biggest game in town. You can read from that uh, entire issue, the articles. And so the thing is, in the past, you really had to bet money to really get that, uh, that, that self-esteem boost. But now, we're here in 2014. There's the world of smartphones, and there's a lot of apps. I'm not going to name any apps because I'm not here to, uh, you know, uh, nobody sponsored me, and I'm, I, I don't get any money from apps, and the apps don't get any money from me. It's free. They give you points to, quote-unquote, bet, but you're just betting the points. 
and it keeps a tally of all your stats of each sport. It, it gives you a total at the end of the day. It'll show your your picks with red or green, you know, for win or lose. And so it's just it's a fun thing. And so I'm not here to tell anybody to go into debt um, or to go bet to go to Vegas. I've been to Vegas. It's fun, but I really get the same feeling from the betting apps that are on the uh, smartphones. And it's cool because one of the points I want to make too is that it's fun to predict and it's fun to be right because sometimes you're wrong. And guess what? You are wrong a lot. I kind of consider myself a sports expert, but I am wrong a lot. The le- It keeps the stats about 2,000 bets and that's that's basically in a year's worth of time. So 2,000 bets, and this is a matter of just kind of looking and, and placing, you know, you touch the button, it says, you know, Detroit, you say Detroit, and you put on like 22 points to win 20 back, stuff like that. So it says that I'm 1050 and 950. So basically I'm plus 100 in wins. And so I like to win and I win a lot, but guess what? I lose a lot. There's some days, like the other day, I lost 15 out of 16 at one stretch, but then to end the night, I won about four or five in a row. So it's fun. You lose a lot, you win a lot. There's some days where you could say, oh, I'm picking Volcano to melt the snow. It's an easy pick. And then the snowball wins. So, I mean, there are days where you feel like that. And people can go back and listen to some of the walk the lines from last season and listen how bad we had, especially with NFL. It was a very difficult season. So uh, the point I'm trying to make is nobody is right all the time. And I've never seen anybody win all the time, like a huge amount of time. They're, like I said, anybody can get hot. Anybody can hit a parlay, which is where you link up uh, multiple bets for uh, different odds. It gives you better odds, but it's tough. Because even winning one is difficult. But I just wanted to say having a radio show about spreads is fun because it shows people that you could just make guesses and it shows that I'm wrong. It shows that Ryan is wrong. It shows that everybody. And it shows sometimes we get random people in here uh, that aren't sports fans to pick and they'll say, oh, what color is that team? It's really fun. People do um, you know, NCAA brackets and they uh, you know base victors on, on what's the – oh, the Tigers are going to beat the Eagles. Well, I, I got that because Tigers will always beat Eagles. You know what I'm saying? Like people – it's fun because people like to predict and people like to be right. That's my huge point. And, uh, you know, it, it can transfer over to fantasy football. We're going to have that soon, and I'm going to talk about how that's a big money industry. Fantasy football, people like to choose the players that they think are going to perform well that season so that their fantasy football team wins. Really, people just want to be right. They want to show that they have a knowledge. They want to show that they know how to analyze statistics. And that's it adds to the enjoyment of sports. It's a statistical breakdown, and it's about being right. Okay, the next big point I want to make is that uh, the betting lines and point spreads are now part of the mass media. Uh, anyone can feel free to go into uh, the MLB box scores at ESPN.com uh, and look every morning, and it will have the lines there. When the football spreads come out uh, for, the, for college and for regular season uh, NFL and everything, they will have the spreads right there. It'll say line. It'll sit. It's right there now. Uh, Yahoo Sports has a um, uh, odds uh, link you can click from their webpage. CBS Sports on the app shows the line during the game, during the box score, so you know who's favored. And so, and it, historically, there have been people on TV uh, discussing uh, point spreads. There's a notorious man named Jimmy the Greek, uh, who uh, I found out from that article in Sports Illustrated. He was pardoned by President Ford. Um, and then worked uh, for, for for some uh, you know gambling charges about you know because back in the day the FBI would bust people for making and taking bets uh, across state lines that's a federal offense and still is 
But um, Jimmy the Greek worked for CBS, Pete Axtelm at NBC, Chris Berman on ESPN. All they, all, all of them would go on TV and talk about point spreads. And sometimes they would, uh, you know, use euphemisms and say, "Oh, this this team's not going to cover" and stuff like that. But now it's out in the open. Uh, ESPN has something called the ESPN Insider. Uh, that's like an extra thing that ESPN subscribers can pay for online and then get, uh, you know, analysis in even more in-depth analysis for uh, betting line picks and stuff. And so um, my point there is, you know, anybody, not anybody, but picking a winner, which is called the money line, it's that's where that's what baseball does. But for football, you know, if a team in, let's say, Michigan State versus Jacksonville State, very, very easy to pick. Michigan State's going to win that game. But the spread's not out yet. I don't know if there will be a spread. I'm guessing it's going to be something like Michigan State minus 35. So the trick is, do you think Michigan State's going to cover 35 points? Because that's when it's very challenging. You know, you're using your analysis and you're trying to beat the overriding public sentiment, you know, where the lines are at that 50-50 betting split that I was talking about. So it's fun to put yourself out there because of the risk and it's main, it's, you know, it's mainstream. And so that's another reason I don't think that uh, uh, sports betting lines are a bad thing because it's just part of sports now. And I, I think that's really cool. So and it's a fun thing. So um, but like I said, it's about risk. You know, it doesn't have to be about money. It's honestly not about money. And uh, if Ryan were here, he would tell you the same thing. But if you put a fake bet down on the app and you lose, you feel pretty bad. You feel pretty dumb. And that's kind of cool, I think. I think it's interesting just to how human beings want to be right. And so, uh, you know, people want to be show everybody they're more correct. And risk is something just that humans love. And risk is really big business in the world, especially in the United States. And I'm going to break down different industries that use um, risk and uh, with their outcomes, which you don't know. And But the point about risk is this. Anything you can lose, you can lose on anything. So it's not just about a betting on a sports game or betting on an app and losing self-esteem. I mean, yes, you lose you know, money, you lose self-esteem. But uh, boy, if you, if you do anything and you lose, you feel terrible. If you do anything, if you play video games with your friends and lose, you don't, people don't like to lose. Everybody's competitive. People play card games. Some people take losing better than others, but I'm sure they don't like it. Nobody likes to lose. Nobody likes to be wrong. So uh, let's go to some, some industries. Okay, video games. All right. Uh, people play for points. People like to learn to win. That way they show expertise and then they can beat their friends and they can show themselves they're good. They can beat the computer. So in 2011, I found some stats online. Uh, the video game industry was uh, $16.6 billion in America. It said 63 million Americans spent money on video games in the year 2011. Okay. And it's also said it's a time waster and time is money. So, I mean, people say, you know, you're wasting your time on these frivolous games. People can say, Dan, you're wasting your time with your your radio show talking about point, point spreads. But it's fun. It's a fun thing to do, and it involves risk. And it said people spend an average of 23 minutes a day playing video games. So there's time wasted. You know, you should be doing, I can hear my, my mom and dad saying, you should do something more productive. Well, I think this is productive, and I uh, point spreads and talking about sports and I think uh, sports discussion, it, sure, it wastes time, but boy, it's fun. So there's something redeeming there. Okay, uh, another thing here, mobile game apps, you know, applications for smartphones. Uh, I have a 2012, there's $7.8 billion industry in 2012, and by 2016, it's expected to be a $12.8 billion industry. And it says 146 million Americans have played mobile games. So it's very popular. People love to play games for that risk factor. People like to win talked about fantasy football earlier it's huge in the usa especially for nfl football which is coming up soon 
uh, friends get together, they would pay money, you know, uh, 20 bucks each or whatever it is, and they put money in. And then at the end of the season, they split up the winnings based on who has assembled the best fantasy team of players that aren't on the same team in real life, but amass statistics. So uh, uh, I looked up Forbes magazine, put a, a, a story out, it said in 2012, 32 million Americans participated in fantasy football of some kind, and that it's a $15 billion industry. Just to put that into perspective, the NFL itself is a $10 billion industry. So fantasy sports, it's a huge, huge, huge thing. And there was an article today uh, that I read. It said there's $13 billion uh, in work productivity lost with fantasy football. So, you know, it's not a good it's not a good thing. And nothing in life is 100% good. There's always going to be something at, at you know, risk. The, the world is a yin and yang. It's not an even split like that. I'm not saying for every good thing you do, you have to do a bad thing or a bad thing happens. But nothing is perfectly one way or another, which leads me to the stock market. I like to trade stocks, or I used to. I don't do it anymore on a daily basis. But uh, definitely people trade stocks on a daily basis. The NASDAQ, the New York Stock Exchange, the Dow Jones, everything like that. People do penny stocks. There's a Russell Index. I looked up. It's it, There's roughly about 3 billion uh, shares per day traded on the Dow Jones. And think about that. I mean, that's billions and billions of dollars per day. There's really no way to get an accurate uh, call on that because there's just so many shares multiplied by, you know, some shares cost 10 cents, some shares cost uh, $100, like Apple split its stock, and now it's about $99. And then you have Warren Buffett's uh, Berkshire Hathaway. That's $200,000 for one share. And it said back in the 80s or 90s, it was like $1,000. So if you would have bought one share back in 1990 and held on to it, you'd be, uh, you know, times 200 there. So anyway, but that's the point I'm trying to say is that the stock market, and some people criticize the stock market as being a gamble. I mean, people put money in there and Lord knows a lot of people have what they call lost their shirts. You know, people, there's been stock market crashes as, as recently, you know, after the, um, you know, uh, the whole George Bush and uh, opening up uh, the housing market to uh, stated income loans uh, kind of crashed the stock market uh, because the economy crashed because everybody was lying about how much money they made and couldn't afford to pay for their homes and blah, blah, blah. That's an entirely different discussion. But the point I'm trying to make is lots of people lost lots of money on the stock market. So it's a huge risk. And, uh, you know, it. but other people will say because of the stock market, companies go public and can get money that, uh, you know, keeps the economy going. It lets comp- companies raise the capital that it needs to, to grow and to innovate and to push the world forward. So there's that view about the stock market and why it's good for a company to go public. Okay, a couple other things. Uh, you have extreme sports. Okay, skydiving. There's risk in this. Uh, you could not, the parachute couldn't open, you could hit the earth. And God, I'm not trying to make a joke about it, but I myself will not skydive because I don't want the parachute to not open. It's not a risk I'm willing to take. I'm sure jumping and falling towards the earth at at, uh, terminal velocity is awesome, but I just don't want to do that. Okay. That's not my type of risk, but it did say there's 3 million jumps per year in the United States and the United States Parachuting Association as of 2012 had 33,000 members. So people are jumping out of airplanes. It's pretty awesome. Good for them. Uh, my mom even did that. She tandem jumped in Hawaii once and I was like, mom, wow. But, uh, I, and I told her, you know, with risk, she said, well, I hope the guy who's jumping with me knows what he's doing. And I said, ma, that guy doesn't want to splat into the earth either. So just make sure you're stuck to him. He's the expert and you should be fine. And you know what? My mom jumped out of an airplane, saw the video. It was pretty cool. Mom landed. She had a cool hair, hair, uh, blow dry haircut afterwards. You know, it was really funny. So, uh, mom, mom's cooler with that than I am. Uh, mountain climbing. It says over 6 million Americans mountain climb every year. Uh, now, indoor climbing is like safer. And like I'll compare that to the betting app versus going to Vegas or doing illegal betting online or, you know, or whatever. You can go on. 
try mountain climbing indoors with some ropes on you. But I'm sure people who mountain climb, they don't free climb for the vast majority. So there's there's safety measures people uh, go through, but they're counterbalancing that risk, right? And, um, you know, people do it anyway. They know there's a risk. They could die, but there's a rush to doing it. Okay, another thing with risk, I mean, uh, legal gambling in the United States. I mean, all but seven states in the United States have a state lottery. Uh, ironically, Nevada is one of those states, okay, because they have plenty of other gambling, but they don't have a state lottery. Um, there's three states, Mississippi, Alabama, and Utah. They cite religious reasons for not having a state lottery, but otherwise it's legal to go, you know, here in Michigan, and I'm from Illinois originally, there's big, you know, lottery. And, and on the flip side, people say, well, they give, they donate money to the schools and stuff. Yeah, but it's trying to raise uh, revenue for the state. And uh, so, I mean, people who win the lottery like to win it. People who get compulsive and lose money on scratch-off tickets too much or, or, or on the Powerball or Mega Millions, I mean, they feel bad about it. So there's a risk there. Another thing, legal gambling, horse racing is legal in the United States if it's done under the auspices of, you know, TVG network or, or at a, uh, off-track betting or at a, at a casino. Horse racing is known as paramutual betting. And in paramutual betting, it's like the lottery. Uh, the odds change as money comes in as far as payouts. So in horse racing, you can bet for a horse, but it's not until the, the and they're off, you know, and the horses are loaded and the race starts that the, that the odds are fixed. So it's not like sports betting where you put money on a team and then it's a contract. So paramutual changes as the money comes in, so the odds change. You say, well, that horse, he opened at 20 to 1, but a lot of money came in, so the horse went down to only 4 to 1 odds. And lotters are like this too. So uh, that's legal. There's risk. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's lots of people who lost lots of money playing horse racing. You know, lots of people with lotteries. So that's not all positive. Uh, sports betting, another thing. It's legal in Europe. I mean, there's a company called BWIN that's a, a online sports betting um, site, and they're sponsor of actual sporting events. Um, you know, Real Madrid in uh, Spain is sponsored by BWIN. And this opens up, uh, you know, Armand Katayan pointed it out because in 1985, there was a point-shaving scandal at Tulane University, and there's been other notorious examples of this. You know, I know there was one at Northwestern University. That's where I went undergrad, and uh, there was, you know, in points-shaving, a team will, let's say they're favored, and this was not the case for Northwestern basketball, but uh, say a team's favored by 10 points, so they're figured we're going to win anyway, but uh, let's not cover the spread. So at the end, maybe a guy will throw the ball to the other team accidentally, maybe, and they get two buckets at the end, and end up, you know, w- so the winning team wins by 6.789 points, doesn't cover the 10 points, so the team still gets the victory, but maybe that player had a bet on the other team to cover the spread. And so that's where you get into the dark side. And you people will never know about the inner workings fully. And so there's always that mystery. But I don't think that's enough to dissuade a person from discussing point spreads and betting lines. Because, um, like I said, I mean, if it were happening more often, it would be found out more often because human beings are really terrible at keeping secrets. So that's my, that's my take on it. I just think that if people are, uh, you know... Uh, conspiring to point shave or to throw games and to bet on games. I think we'd be hearing about a lot. So I just want to make that point. Okay. So moving on, some people say, well, Dan, you're talking about, uh, you know, betting lines, point spreads for football games in college, collegiate football. That's, uh, that's amateur athletics, Dan. That's terrible. But you know what? I mean, sure. Like I'm saying, it makes it more fun because you're analyzing the games and there are betting lines for the college football games. There's betting lines for college basketball games. And so, I mean, I'm just looking, you know, NCAA football, it's big business. I found some statistics from Forbes magazine from, uh, this is reflecting the 2012 football season. It said 
Uh, teams like Alabama, they're, uh, I'll just give some rough estimates. Their total football expenses for Alabama was $37 million, but the revenue was $81 million. So you can see there's a profit there of all $45 million. Okay, Ohio State, uh, expenses $34 million, revenue $58. Uh, Michigan Wolverines, expenses $23 million. Um, uh, revenue eighty five, so there's plus sixty. Notre Dame seventy eight million dollar expenses, hundred seventeen million. You know, and University of Texas spends spends the most, and you know Ohio State's huge thirty four uh, brings uh, fifty eight. So these these numbers are huge. We're talking millions of dollars of profit for the team. So it's big business. I don't think that there's anything wrong with talking about point spreads about uh, these these teams. I'm not uh, I mean honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong about talking about point spreads or or lines for little league baseball. If I know this if I know the statistics going in, I'll analyze it for fun and have fun in my mind or in the betting app, place in the app. So, it's fun. And uh, with Matt, Michigan State, like I said, we're here at Michigan State University. Uh, I read an article uh, from July 15, 2013 in the Lansing State Journal. It was written by Graham Couch. And in that, he said the Spartans, MSU Spartans football program in 2011-12 brought in almost $50 million with expenses slightly less than $20 million. So that's a profit of nearly $30 million. So there's big, big business. And, you know, I just with anything with predicting spreads, I mean, there's so many variables that go into a game. That if it were possible for a person to know exactly what was going on each time, then there'd be a way to win at every game. And it's impossible. There's just too many variables. It, there's weather. There's a guy feeling sick. There's a guy playing well. There's a guy playing terribly. There's And that's what makes it fun. Because you in your mind as a sports picker say, well, I know it so well that I'm going to pick it. Not only who's going to win, but so accurately that I can tell you exactly as close to possible to, to real who's going to win. And it, but you never know. The, the Denver Broncos were favored heavily in the Super Bowl. Lots of people were picking Denver to roll in that game. Seattle worked them 43-8. to eight. Nobody predicted that. You know? And if you did, you feel pretty good self-esteem because you say, I knew that was coming. So you know, there's just no way. You, you win some, you lose some. And it makes it fun. I guess that's my, the final point I want to make here before I get out of here is that talking about the spreads and talking about it doesn't affect the games. Okay? I'm not here to have some shady discussion. I'm not trying to make people call some special number and you know i mean respect to anybody who does that and 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 profits from that it's it's a free country it's america you can convince somebody to do whatever you want if you want to do it but i'm not here to do that i'm here to just discuss and like i said you can look at last year's recordings listen to them on the website i was wrong a lot most people are wrong a lot okay so and i'm not saying the media doesn't have some sort of influence Okay, because there are media effects. You know, I'm I'm grad student at Michigan State University. I study, uh, you know, communication. I'm in the media and information studies program. There are effects to media. Advertising affects people. What people say in the radio affects people in news news entities. God knows, you know, Fox News versus MSNBC. They they try to sway the you know the argument to their side, liberal or you know the the right wing Republican uh, way to look at it. And that's what the media does. But I'm just here. That's why I'm playing devil's advocate and trying to say, yes, there are bad things about sports betting and betting lines. But I'm trying to have fun, and I'm trying to tell you I'm not right all the time. Nobody possibly can be. Okay? So I just want to make that point. You know, the spreads are a reflection of the general public. It's pretty cool to know that you're battling the whole world. You're not just battling the LVSC guys who put the spreads out there. You're battling everybody who's bet because the lines move. And sometimes you bet early because you're saying, boy, there's no way that that, that, that spreads right. And that's what's cool because you're putting your, your – you're saying, I'm not – it's not a bluff. You're saying, here's my fake point bet because I believe this is going to happen because I'm going to be right. And when you're right about it, you feel great. Okay? So it's just a cool thing. 
So my whole point, I'm just trying to have a fun here on the radio. It's a great feeling just to, to enjoy it. You know, I, I, it's something that I enjoy immensely and I, I love, you know, just discussing it because it makes it more exciting. You know, I can't wait to see uh, Michigan state's going to be playing at Oregon. I'm, I've seen some some early predictions on the spread that said Oregon's going to be favored by 12 and a half. And I just cannot tell you how cool that is because, yes, I want Michigan State to win the game because I'm a fan of Michigan State. But, boy, wouldn't it be cool? You know, you're saying, oh, I think that the final score is going to be 37-21. So let me look at the over-under. You know what I mean? It's not just about the spread. It's about the over-under. It's about all the things, you know. And, and that's what Walk the Line is going to be doing is talking about the the breakdown of the teams. Because I want to see how Michigan State performs defensively and offensively against Jacksonville State. Very lesser opponent. But if Michigan State doesn't look good, that's going to make me think that. And if Oregon looks great in their opener, it's going to make me think Michigan State's going to be in trouble when they go to Oregon. But if Michigan State looks really awesome, like the Rose Bowl winning team that they are, I'm going to have some confidence and say, man, that 12 and a half, that's ridiculous. Because Michigan State was seven-point underdogs against Stanford, and that was ridiculous. And they won that game. So, you know, conclusion here, yes, there are issues that are negative to betting. And so I guess you could blame the sports bet, the sports world for having betting lines in the first place. But people want to do it, so they do it. And so people can get compulsive about betting and can get addictive, you know, addicted to it. But it's and that's bad. But that can happen with anything. People get addicted to all sorts of things. People spend way too much time in way many different things than what they quote unquote should be doing. So I mean, yes, there's bad things, but there's an ultimate joy to be able to just you know discuss it with your friends and be right. It's fun. It's really something I look forward to because I'd like to think you know there's going to be a year, Dan. You're going to be right about everything. You're going to be 100 percent, Dan, because you're going to be like the Svengali, and uh, you know you're going to see the future and be known as the smartest picker in the world, but it's not going to happen. I can tell you that. I want it to happen, but it's not going to happen, but I'm going to have fun doing it. So, you know, it raises the stakes. It puts a little risk out there, gives you something to talk about with your friends as a hobby. You can use the betting app on the phone. It's free. It's no money. And, um, you know, it's just fun. You have to be subjected to advertising, but it's fake and it's fun. Okay. So, you know, it's just, I, I wanted to come in here. I wanted to have a discussion uh, get get this time stamped to August fifteenth, twenty fourteen, because I'm seeing sports, uh, you know, sports media involve betting lines more into the mainstream, and I'm really proud and happy to be part of this discussion because um, it's something that should and always will be part of sports because everybody likes to quote unquote handicap the games, you know, and and you know, there's handicap in golf because two golfers might not be in the same level. Well, can you stay within this guy's you know different handicap? So. You know, it's just a way of evening the discussion because it's it can be easy to pick a team. Yeah, Michigan State's going to beat Jacksonville State. Sure, I know that. How badly are they going to beat them? Okay, that's what that's the thing, and that goes on with every game and every sport that we that we love. You can. I'm not a huge hockey fan, but I'm sure hockey fans are. There's a, a you know different odds on the lines there for the money line for games and over unders. You know that was fun to do in the playoffs. So it's all just making sports more fun. So to conclude to, to conclude my conclusion. I really enjoy, uh, you know, discussing this topic on the radio, and uh, I really enjoy uh, discussing it with my friends. And I, I think that people who enjoy it uh, will agree with me. That's that's really what I want to say is that there's something really fun about it, and um, I think it's a cool discussion because, um, you know, you're taking all the statistics going into a sporting event, and you are, you are calculating everything together and coming to a conclusion. Everybody, thank you very much for your time. I hope uh, everybody uh, is looking forward to football season as much as I am. And, um, you know, 
you know, I just, I'm very excited. And the great thing about this is that it just, it never ends. And people could say, that's a terrible thing, Dan. It's, it's never ends. There's never going to be time without sports betting lines. No kidding, but I love it. It just keeps going and it keeps going. And that's the thing. I tell myself, you will never, there will never be a day where I win and win and win and win and win and win. So it's just, I'm enjoying the process. And I think that's a good lesson for life. You know, I enjoy the journey. There's really the destination. I don't know if there is a destination, but I can't wait to watch these games, to talk about them, and to think about them, and uh, to see if I'm right. So hopefully I'll be right more than I'm wrong, but, uh, you know, I'm not expecting it. So everybody take care, and uh, thank you for your time.